0: Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me Ed Drake. Joining me this week is Ben Clark and Paul Telling to review the women's opening race of the 2018-19 season in Solden, Austria. Ben, you did call it absolutely bang on with Tessa Worley taking the win and she delivered for you.
1: Yeah, that was a really good run from Tessa. The second run was just incredible in really tough conditions. So really happy to see that. A little disappointed with some of the performances, uh, uh, particularly uh, Ravensburg on the second run was nowhere near the speed she was on the first run. But obviously there's a long way to go in the season to try and pick up some more points.
0: Yeah, the conditions were, were incredibly tricky for the ladies out there, weren't they? They were just icy, bumpy, rutty, the flat light was making it incredibly
2: hard and a lot of the girls just fighting for survival, Paul. Yeah I think um, from the start of the race you saw it was pretty tough even for the first couple of runners the Japanese girls and then as the race wore on it just got worse and worse and worse and you saw the differing approaches by the girls who were just hanging on in there trying to put it in the finish and the girls in the in the later two three uh, managed to yeah stick it stick it down hard go full charge and actually managed to to put it on the podium.
0: Yeah Frederica Briononi. From bib one on run one, taking the uh, taking the quickest time, and sort of she did take good advantage of going first with that uh, sort of smooth open track, didn't she? Really took it to the rest of them with Schiifferin looking like she was a little bit in the back seat, looking like she wasn't quite her usual attacking self, and uh, and Wally just a little bit rusty potentially.
1: A little bit, but as you said on the, on the preview podcast, it is a really tough hill in Sölden, and. The women won't ski many tougher than that all season. No, so, all. for that to be the first one of the season in such difficult visibility and snow conditions uh, means no one was probably at their best on on both runs. But still incredible to watch and, and really exciting. Yeah, it's good. I think it's uh, it's just good for the season to be to be happening
2: again. Yeah, like everyone's worried. obviously trained all summer and. Different people training on different glaciers. Some of the guys are in in New Zealand. Some of the guys are in the Southern, Southern Hemisphere down in South America, down in South America, and, and you never really have an idea as to who's fast yeah. until you get to that first until race. You push out that first, <laughs> and once that first race has happened, then suddenly everyone's everyone's a little bit more clued up as to how they are against each other, who the new kids on the block are, or the. Or the the guys starting from further at the back and um, and how they're faring up against the more established names, and then you can now get a bit of a bit of a pitch for the season and see if that form carries on through to Killington or if it if it flattens off a bit.
0: And it all sort of went to form, didn't it, with the big names in women's giant slalom skiing coming to the fore: Brianonie, Schifrin, uh, Goot still up there, Tessa Worley, obviously Mo Winkle. Those girls still managed to. To really come out on top so we didn't see any of the young guns coming through but a bit down to the conditions but the austrians have got to be looking hard and fast at their season coming in with fifth for stephanie bruner apart from her it's 16th and 17th so the home fans are not going to be pleased with that
2: no i think the the austrians obviously it's it's their main sport it's such a such a huge part of the lifestyle out there for the for the austrians and that opening race in Solden on a, on a home slope, they're, they're always expecting big things. It's been so long, really, since the Austrians have had a dominant GS skier do well there. Um, I think you touched on that on the last podcast. And for them, again, yeah, to just have just have Bruner up there and everyone else, really, to underperform on on what we know that they're capable of. And hope, they would have had their fair share of time on that hill as well. Yeah, you, you've got to think that um, questions are going to be getting asked within that group already. It's only the first race of the season, yeah. but you know people are already going to be looking at... Looking at their jobs, looking at who's been working with who, and um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging, I think, for some of those girls. They've, they've clearly got talent. Mm. Like Troop can ski. ski amazingly. You've seen that uh, Gal Huber. They've got girls who are gonna be gonna be rapid. Obviously, Shield is maybe a bit more of a slalom skier, but there's no question about how how quick she can be. But yeah, so to have only Bruner in the top fifteen and the rest of them outside, and you know, even people like Anna Vite back down in twentieth position. It's a pretty poor show from the Austrians, really, by their standards.
1: Mm. They're going to have their chances uh, the longer the season goes on, but you do want to lay down a good marker earlier in early in the season, especially when you've got home advantage. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's been that way for a couple of years. They had a big few retirements a couple of years ago with the likes of uh, Zettel, Marlis, Shield, who who were kind of mainstays for quite a few years in the in the tech disciplines. Uh, so obviously, with those ladies retiring someone other than Stephanie Brunner needs to step up and, um, and provide some support. I think we're
0: so used to seeing that conveyor belt of talent for the Austrians, and we see it maybe more on the men's side, but even on the women's side, just skier after skier after skier challenging for top tens, top fives and podiums to then have a couple of lean-ish seasons for their standards, I think is, is something that they'll be tackling pretty hard at and trying to find, you know, get back to where they were before being the dominant powerhouses of women's ski racing.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's the thing, is that Austria still have more in the top 30 than any other nation. There was eight Austrians in the top 30. So that's, you know, it's not that there's not the depth, it's that there's not the established superstars that you're mm. used to seeing. There's not the first, seconds and thirds, race after race. Guys always pushing it, winning races by big chunks. Now it's people like Schifrin. Wally you saw and even the young Norwegians who were, who were hammering. That's the kind of performances you expect to see from the Austrians yeah. instead of filling up the latter places in the race.
0: And, they, and the Italians are going to be happy with Brianoni managing to, to get second after leading that first run, as we said. She's no stranger to the top step of the podium. She's finished up there a few times and finished fifth in the overall GS standings last season. So no uh, stranger to the pressure and she skied really, really well.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, definitely one of the people who looked to be attacking on both runs, like you mentioned, took good advantage of the conditions on the first run, having the clean snow. Uh, but then when some of the faster racers from the first run looked to be holding back a bit on the second run, taking it a bit more easily, Brignoni was one of the people who was staying aggressive and sticking with what worked on the first run. So, so really good to see from her.
0: Let's talk about the Swiss. You know they're they're now moving forward and had some great results in previous seasons and and I think they probably have been a little bit disappointed with how they kicked off the World Cup campaign with Lara Gut in fourteenth, Michelle Kissin in fifteenth, uh, Wendy Holdness skied all right over the on the second run especially, but that transition from steep to flat, which is in Sölden is so important, she just got it slightly wrong. A lot bit of the turn coming after the gate, and when those rattly conditions and it's happening after the gate, it's just dragging speed every. Every single turn, but Lara Goot just not being the the powerhouse that she was in GS.
2: No, it's strange that w- with Goot, you've got to wonder where where things have, have changed. Uh, I read in the summer that she's decided to to drop the Alpine Combined from from her program. She? Um, so she's not going to be doing Alpine Combined, which frees up time. She's not going to be training slalom anymore, racing slalom anymore, to put more time into the speed disciplines and into GS. But when you when you saw that GS performance, there wasn't anything anything special no. in it compared to to what we know she's capable of and what we're used to seeing from her um, so that was there was a strange performance from good she's been very good sometimes very fast in in solden um, we've seen some really strong performances over the years from her I was more impressed out of out of them like you say holdner holdner performed very well just performed well considering she's primarily a a speed skier. Holden was the best one and and had she got that transition a little bit better onto the flat I think that she would have been mixing it in the podiums. She was certainly fast on the on the pitch and she she looked like she had more power than some of the other girls.
1: Yeah, I think all three of the Swiss girls had solid runs. They're they're okay, just not quite as as dominant as we've seen them before. And as you mentioned with 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 Laura Gou, it, it could be that she is just concentrating a, a bit more on speed over the summer months. And and that's taken its toll a little bit on her, on her GS skiing.
0: Yeah, because they are quite multi-disciplined, all those Swiss girls, aren't they? Now, we don't really see them as one-disciplined skiers. Those girls especially are, are across the speed disciplines and GS disciplines. But I think it's interesting, Lara Goot used to be a real GS force to be reckoned with. And I think the fact that she's now moved more into speed, and I think she probably sees herself more of a speed skier now, but she's moved away from something that was her bread and butter for quite a few years
2: you gotta wonder with uh with good if that's an approach to trying to take the overall, overall title yeah. in the women's because obviously Schifrin last year did that primarily off of the back of the tech disciplines with skiing a little bit of speed um and maybe maybe Goot is looking at it and thinking well you know some strong speed performances and and then just staying in in the top group and around mm. the top 15 but. With, with the GS maybe that's enough for the for the overall maybe it's more of a tactical approach from that well, front
0: yeah we talked about it last week then that um I, I don't know whether just these multi-discipline skiers just it's now the program's so fierce and it's so long it's so challenging and and tiring that i just don't, not sure if these multi-discipline skiers re- are the, is the way to go you, because they're trying to do so much across so many miles as well as you know, hours on all the different skis. It's so difficult now to be a, a multi yeah, you don't. you skier. don't
2: see, certainly in the men's, you don't see so many of the, the, the multi-discipline skiers like you saw with Kostelich and, and yeah, those guys. Are, any, right anymore, yeah, there's many anymore sticking
0: it in all disciplines. And, or, and
2: really in the girls, there's there's not even so many in the girls, like when you had uh, Tina Matzer and, and people were skiing all the events. <laughs> it's certainly a lot harder. It's interesting to see actually that Schifrin is is making a move in that direction that she is trying to ski more and, and across the summer we saw her skiing a lot more <coughs> super G and downhill and that was her primary blocks of training were were speed training and that she's moving in that direction while and others so are many, moving away from it.
0: You know, I I think then in, in terms of those overall skiers a lot of them do start as more tech skiers. You look at you know like Savon and uh, and like you say going back to Kostlich and those girls all used to start they were very much tech based skiers that moved into the speed disciplines i don't know whether they see the the speed side as as sort of i don't know maybe easier to establish themselves as less there's less girls that are fighting for podiums necessarily in the speed side than the tech side i just wonder whether that seems to be a trend that they the these big names start in tech and gradually move their way into speed i'm not sure if that's
1: yeah I guess if you think of your childhood skiing you're doing a lot more of the tech disciplines yeah. than anything else so that's most likely to be where your where your breakthrough comes from. Um, you you see it on the World Cup quite a lot, of the, the first time you hear someone's name or see them is, is quite often in a GS race yeah. so it may well be that that's just where the most Naturally. amount of their skiing happens when they're younger and then as they get older and stronger uh, sometimes it's a, a coach saying t- steering them towards a, a, sp- a particular speed discipline, and sometimes it's just their own their own goals. I mean, you had that transition yourself, Ed, of of growing up being mostly slalom and GS, and then when it came to establishing yourself on a World Cup tour, it was in the in the speed discipline. Yes, yeah, because there was only one run instead of having to do two. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh,
0: let's uh, let's catch up on um, on Alex Tilley who unfortunately didn't finish that first run, but some great skiing, a real positive for us at home to be watching Alex skiing really, really well, that top section. She was super quick, right up there with all the girls, a couple of little errors and obviously then came out, but great signs for the upcoming GS season.
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we've just talked about the girls who won Warley and people who really skied bravely and aggressively and and, and attacked the hill. Um, but Alex Tilley did that in bucket loads it's it's a shame that there's not something something on paper to show as a result from that but for anyone watching at home from speaking with her and with her coach people have got to be happy with that performance oh, there yeah. was nothing to nothing to be ashamed of with that and in, in difficult conditions she got out there from you know bib up in the 20s and she just just went full charge the splits were looking good you know splits in the top 10 and and strong strong determined skiing and Okay, maybe the line choice left a little to be desired as she got further and further but down. But that's tactics not necessarily technique. technique. Exactly. And there, there was nothing um there was nothing that I saw where she was holding back or where she was hesitant. She really looked like she was she believed in what she was doing yeah. that she knew she was capable and and I'm sure that they'll take that as a as a
1: really positive step towards the next race in in America. Yeah, I hope that as well. Watching that first run I was really excited watching that top section as as Paul mentioned she was really attacking. And that's what you want to see from, you know, British racers is, is having the confidence not just to try and look for maybe get down and get a couple of points in the bag, but to really go hard at it and m- make the most of that starting in the top thirty.
0: Yeah, she wasn't looking for a finish, she, was she at all. She was looking for, uh, maybe not, she wasn't necessarily looking for a win, but she was looking to put her best run down. She was looking to charge. She was looking to really make a statement, obviously off the back of a really hard training summer where she's obviously made some great inroads and then to go off there with these conditions and just go right you know what i'm going to give this my everything and for us as fans it's great to see her stepping up this season and putting it all on the line because maybe last season a couple of times she just didn't quite have that last gear she didn't quite have that those extra little risks and and that to her game where she could really move into the next step but this season off the back of, yes, maybe maybe only half a, a first run, but great signs for, for the upcoming season.
1: Definitely. I think that just the way she skied on that top section showed just how confident she is and how well that summer uh, training must have gone Yeah. Uh, because someone lacking in confidence definitely wouldn't have skied like that. So really good signs and I uh, can't wait to see what she can do in the in the next race.
0: It was a real shame for the men, obviously, to come here ready to go amped up, ready to fight, the, fight this track up on the Rettenbach Glacier To have it cancelled is a real shame. But I think safety-wise, probably the right choice. There was a bucket load of snow that came down overnight. And as you can see from the women's the day before, it was snow all day that day as well. So the men, unfortunately, after a gruelling summer's training, earmarked this as the opening World Cup have had to have that put
2: back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not ideal. It's not what the fans want. Um, Everyone is so so keen throughout the summer counting down the days <laughs> until the, until solden until the world cup season starts and then to lose that opening race and to have to wait another uh, another month till levy second year in a row they've lost solden but whereas last year i think where there were maybe some some questions being asked by by some of the teams about the the reasoning behind the cancellation of solden uh, this year i don't think there can be any questions everyone could see from the women's race how tough the conditions were um, I was in the valley um, over the weekend, and it, it just snowed and snowed more and more and more. And you've got to think, those, there's more guys in the men's race; they're going harder, stronger than the women. It would have been a recipe for disaster. And even if no one had picked up an injury, it certainly wouldn't have been a fair race. We wouldn't have seen necessarily equal and conditions. Level field, yeah, too. level playing fields. Well, as it can be exactly across the board. So I think that ultimately, while it's a shame for everyone, they made the right decision. Um, and it just means we've all gotta all gotta wait another couple of weeks and uh, w- yeah, wait for Levy, wait for the slalom skiers.
1: Yeah, it's good seeing that they can now reschedule that race. Uh, it was upsetting enough waking up Sunday morning to find out the the opening race uh, for the men's was cancelled. Obviously having gone through it last year as well. It's good for the guys to know that they will get that race back. There's not that many GSs no. every season, so it's good that they can keep that on, on the calendar.
0: That's all we got time for this episode. Thank you to my guests, Ben Clark and Paul Telling. In the next episode, we'll be looking forward to the first slalom of the season in Levy, Finland.